sometimes overwhelmed by the joy of a, a perfect moment, and that was on my list. It is now on my list. What is your name? Eric. Eric, thank you. And Bonnie and Jerry and and John McGinnis. Oh, you guys are very strong organs. I'm gonna keep running though. I'm gonna catch up. Whew, I love that. So that reminds me of something I wanted to say earlier, but I'll say it right now. That's Christmas. You know, the song is, is symbolic of, to me, when we celebrate Christmas, because there's always rhythms and cycles that we go through that come around again this year, like last year, and probably, I hope, next year, like the song. That, that, it starts with the, the earworm or the catch of that, that song. As soon as I hear that, my heart starts to open And then I hear the voice, and I'm thinking, that is not an easy song to sing. Not at all. And yet, I don't always hear it with the voice. And I think the song is what? Desert Bride? Joy of Man's Desire? Yes, that's right. It just brings up the joy. And and yet, so it's repetitive. The the, the rhythm is repetitive, and yet here comes the voice, and and that, that breaks that sound. And we go through the rhythms of where we seek the things, the traditions, the whatnot that we do, and it all builds a platform. But each and every year, it catches anything different because we make it fun. We co-create with God, with our friends, with our family, with the billions of souls, those souls that are coming together in harmony, saying, hey, this is the time where we want to remember who we are and begin steps of creating what we are becoming. And the song does that. And it gives us, me at least, I'm sitting here thinking, feeling elevated by the simple rhythms of the music and then the power of the voice to back it up. I didn't plan on being here today. But my mom and dad decided. But anyway, I didn't plan on being here today. I, I had different different idea about what was going to happen on the 18th of December, but, and, and, I got a note from Bonnie, and she said, she invited me to come and be with you today to talk about joy, and I thought, I'm coming. <laughs> I, you know, I immediately, and so I immediately began to be in the, in the intention of this moment with you, and I immediately thought about what it was all about. Well, it's not the meaning of life. I'm not really sure what the meaning of life is. I mean, I think there's a lot of room to explore that. But I came to the conclusion that <laughs> that the purpose of life is joy and experiencing joy. Now, you're thinking, but wait, <laughs> there's more. Yeah, there's a lot more than joy. It's not all joy, for sure. But really, isn't joy the ultimate? And so I've been thinking about that for the last six weeks, about uh, how the purpose of life is joy. And I've been experiencing it in many different ways, and I share some insights from that. And before we're done, I'm going to talk to you about grumpy joy. <laughs> and, and my mentor, uh, Snow White, who helps me through it, 
Um, but as usual, just to underscore that idea that life is really about joy, I don't think this is exactly the way Jesus said it, but he basically said it's God or the Father's great pleasure to give us the kingdom. And, and, you, and many of you are parents. And if you're not parents, you've experienced some of the uh, trials and tribulations and joys of being around children. And I mean, what joy it is. And, and as an adult or a parent, what do you want more for those children? Then to, first of all, pay attention and mind their business, mind their parents. But no, you want them to be happy. And so actually, I think in terms of like, how can we honor God? I think the best way we can is to be joyous and celebrate our life. Because that is what we have. That is what we're here for. Maybe that gets into the meaning of it. But the purpose is to find joy. And yeah, sometimes the, the other side of joy, which is light, dark, Maybe that just helps us to experience joy more fully. But I'd hate to think that joy is only the relief of pain. <laughs> so, how do we get to experiencing more joy? Um, joy is all around us. Do we see it? Um, so, here are three keys to happiness. A friend and colleague and mentor, Al Lyons, shared this with me when I was about 30. He said, three, there's three things you need to be happy. You need something meaningful to do. You need something to look forward to. And you need someone to share it with. He says, if you got all three of those things operating, you're going to find happiness. I'm going to call that joy. And wow, haven't we constructed Christmas to answer the call for that? It's meaningful both on the epic level of the emergence of Christ consciousness into the earth plane. I mean, something happened a few years ago. Three thousand and I don't know, what's the or I don't know. Most people think Jesus might have been born around four BC. It was a while ago. And yet, here we are, still talking about it just the same. So it must have been, and it certainly continues to be, significant. Something shifted then in consciousness. And so more than just the emblem and the, and the, and the way shower and the carrier of the message that Jesus is and always will be, is what he was saying and expressing and demonstrating, which is the Christ. The Christ consciousness. And, yeah, I've been thinking about that too. It's like, well, what about before that? You know, was there no Christ consciousness? Of course there was. We just maybe didn't recognize it best than it had, but it shows up in the same way we expect it now. Mercy, grace, the way we treat each other. And by the way, when we treat each other well, guess what we get as a payday? Joy. Joy. So there's the epic element of Christmas, 
and all the connections to that spiritual sacredness. And it's just also the ordinary. Like when you get Hot Wheels for a four-year-old, <laughs> and he rips up the paper and plays with the box. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, just there's so much. Um, I remember, and, and, and so that's the other thing that comes alive again in terms of joy is you think of just like uh, what is that writer's name? The ghost. Charles Dickens, yeah, that's the guy. You know, the ghost of Christmas past. I mean, don't you have memories? I, I remember uh, one Christmas, just we came down, and this was the, 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 I know I keep trying to focus on the ordinary versus the epic, but this was an epic Christmas. Everything I could have imagined was under the tree. There used to be a thing called Johnny West. Some people are old enough to remember Johnny West. It was like a G.I. Joe doll type thing, but it was a Western boot. I got the star. I got the wagon, the covered wagon, the big horses. And anyway, it was a good Christmas, at least in terms of that aspect, which is what I was focused on at that point. When I think back to Christmas memories of like, it's almost like Thanksgiving. You know, you're cooked for hours. And then there's this feast that takes seconds, it seems like. And then there's the repast, you know, that, that goes on all day. Christmas, uh, growing up for us, you know, we did Christmas morning. And, you know, there was just string, fur, and feathers everywhere. I mean, it was just paper and ribbons and we were dancing. We were, you know, we uh, six kids. A lot of energy. So I think back and I'm like, that was fun. Um, and, and, then what I see is how we like to try to recreate that. And sometimes we get a little overboard and misguided and away from the meaning. And someone goes, you forgot the meaning of Christmas. It's about Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But I think Jesus would love that. That, that just fun and joy. And, you know, it's not about sitting quiet in church, which was always a struggle when I was eight. Still a struggle. That's why I'm here. Up here, so <laughs> I can move around. I can talk. <laughs> so Christmas, yeah, I think that that, that cycle, like there's something old in it that, that that we honor, that we cherish, and that we try to repeat and recreate. We call them traditions, habits. But there's also always something new because I think the heart of Christmas is that joy of birth. It's just a joy of the new dimension. And we're doing that. And, and sometimes we get discouraged because it doesn't look as good as it could. And we forget how much we've done. One of the things that happened to me this week was, okay, so I've been focusing on recognizing the little joy. Like, for example, you ever notice it's cold outside this morning? Yeah, so here's the thing. I want a white Christmas. Well, here it is. And guess what comes with it? <laughs> but you know what? There's joy in the... You know? Because you know what? That cold chills the tip. 
And who doesn't have a pet? I mean, most people have a pet, right? And, and the chicks are not... The chicks are actually forcing the moose out of Baxter State Park, which is where Mount Katahdin is. It's the highest mountain in Maine. This is a, is a very um, well-preserved nature area. And moose is the, 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 the sacred saint of that place. But it's getting warmer. And the chicks aren't dying. And the chicks are the mooses. And the mooses are moving to Canada. How is that relevant? <laughs> it's relevant because we just created some joy. That's number one. Like, do you feel it? I mean, this is, if I only get one thing accomplished today, I want everyone to feel a little bit of joy. And, you know, and if I have to be foolish to help it, it's natural for me, so it's okay. Uh, but it's, it's that seeing the joy in the ordinary, in the mundane, in the every moment. Like, it's really like there's an old song that says, it's not what you do, it's the way that you do it. And so, and, and then we have all these, all these, we have all these ways to describe things like glass is half empty, the glass is half full, the glass is twice as big as it needs to be. But the thing is, is that, okay, so there was a girl that was not sitting still in church. She was what we would call a brat. So she wanted a pony. She reminds me of that girl in Willy Wonka the first time they did that. That turned into a blueberry. Oh, my name. I wait. Yeah. Yeah, so she wanted a pony, and her parents were like, it's time to take your license. So instead of getting a pony, they went to the pony farm, and they got a big carload of, or truckload of manure. And they put that under the tree. Now, who does that? So you know this is all real story. It's a fable, but fables have a point, right? So it's a fable. So they took big pile. And they said Christmas morning's coming. Certainly she's going to learn her lesson. Uh-uh, man. This girl was built for joy. She comes tearing into that living room and she dives into that pole of pile of ponies. You know what? And she's digging and digging and she's covered in it and she's as happy as she can be and her parents are befuddled and they're like, what's going on, girl? And she said, with all this pony poop, there's got to be a pony in there somewhere. My point? There's joy in everything if you look for it and find it. And it's really, Nikki and I have been talking about this for the last few days because I'm trying to figure out how to communicate this experience I'm having. But, so here's one that came up. We had an idea. And I said, Oh, I had an idea because I was just thinking the same thing. I thought, joy. How cool is that when whoever it is you're coordinating with, in this case, my wife, partner, love, and uh, angel. Uh, okay. Um, but how cool is it when you just like sing and you're like dancing to the same music and you're like, that happened like two or three times in a row. And then finally, we were driving, and it didn't happen. <laughs> she goes, why are you going that way? <laughs> and I'm like, schism. Oh. <laughs> no joy. But I find the joy in the schism. But the first place I went was to try to find the joy in the schism, but then I realized I needed to humble myself and listen to what my wife wanted. And you know what happened? 
very soon joy reappeared because we found harmony in Cinderella's mind again. I had totally adopted her idea. So. So I, I started putting in categories. I won't have time to go into all the categories, so I'll just give you a couple of hints because you need to consider whether you want to spend time developing your own joy categories. But um, a lot of them I thought, like, hot day, walking in there, cool, air conditioning is joy, isn't it? How do people do it? It's so nice. We're so blessed to have that. How about when it's cold and you walk into warmth and comfort and cozy and the fire's going and the hot hole going cookie? Joy. Comfort. So comfort is a category of joy. And there's a whole bunch of things beyond it. And how about just recognizing that you are comfortable and that you are blessed? And how comfortable is this place? And you know, there's so much that goes into creating this very moment. Here's a joy killer. Here's the joy. I can't wait to go to you again on the weekend. Someone invited me. I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to go. You could be friendly. You know it's quicker. But in any case, but here we are. But then, how about when you ever think, oh, that is a joy killer. Remember, it's not what you do, it's the way you do it. And the moment that you turn something into a have to, you're taking the opportunity for joy out of it. You know what? Because not only are you creating no joy in, you're not digging through the phone poop, but you also can't afford to let anybody see you having fun because you need the people to see how bad you're suffering. I'll do this task that my mom made me to do because I don't even need to do it again. And then even when you say what your wife wants you to say and she'll say, and then she's still not happy, but it's the way that you Right? Am I the only one having this journey? Because I wonder. All my stuff's autobiographical, but I'm just hoping there's some, there's some synergies and symphonies that you're So I want to leave you with uh, just a couple of things about that. Remember this whole thing. Something meaningful to do. And by God, don't, it doesn't have to, we don't have to have an off-site retreat with stickies on the wall and poster boards to figure out what our meaning for life is. I mean, it can just be as simple as being present to the person you're next to. My mom. And when you walk out these doors today, you're going to encounter someone. It's just safe. And it might simply be a smile, or a gentle gesture, some grace to some people, or having a moment, or a struggle, and just knowing they're not alone. Like, what is it that you need to do? And like, 
But if you're like me, Christmas is a process. It's not an event. And of course, everybody around you is someone you can say, yeah, I'm okay for this stuff. I got my purpose. And everybody is a river, a stream, and a fresh and a Christ. Later, as I see you guys again next year, I'll probably talk a little bit about this book. This book is called The Life and Times of a 20th Century Woman. It was written by my great aunt. She was born in 1903 and she died in 2011. She had a life. But she captured it here. And the way that she captured it, it was so encouraging and informing to me about how to find the joy in an ordinary thing. But I also want to remind you guys as you look around through these holidays and you see that there's things going on in, in, in the Ukraine and other places that you just feel, I feel so, I think of those folks every day and yet feel helpful. But I know that I'm doing something just by holding the consciousness and, and, and maybe there's more. But we, despite the seemingly ugliness that we experience, we are making progress. And sometimes things have to come right out into the open and get really loud before... I don't know if that's the right method. But, <laughs> but before we let them dissipate and dissolve. Because you know what? They've been there all along. You know, some, okay, another day. But just one piece of encouragement she writes in here. With excitement on her 17th birthday, when they passed the 19th Amendment. On her 17th birthday, so she grew up without that. And she's like, I can't wait to turn 21. I think she had to be 21 then to exercise that. And she was a thoroughly modern Millie. So, find the joy in every moment. I think that's the purpose. And I know that even if things look a bit dark, the sun is always there. That sun is the love and power of Christ. And it lives through us, and we are moving the ball forward. Merry Christmas. <laughs>